Hello and welcome to episode 707 of The Sleeper in the Bus. It is Friday, June 21st. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I'm joined by not only Justin Mason, but also our special guest, Ariel Cohen. Gentlemen, good morning. How's it going? Oh, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, Justin. How are you doing? My body is a little beat up right now. It was a, a very long softball game that I didn't play particularly well in. And I got slid into, and uh, yeah, my, my my body's not used to playing uh, a nine inning softball game, so it was uh, pretty brutal. But we won, and that, that's all that matters. All that matters. Get Team W. Ariel, I know you play as well, um, and aren't you supposed to have have some games coming up? But weather is is putting those in doubt this weekend. What's going on with your league? Yeah, the weather here in New York has been brutal. It's been raining for about three days straight. So we're not sure if the fields are going to be ready on Sunday. We're crossing our fingers. It's our quarterfinal playoff game. I am facing, I'm the pitcher on this team. I'm facing a team that I four hit earlier in the year. Uh, So I'm looking forward. And softball, that is like a double no-hitter, basically. You're Johnny Vandermeer. (laughs) <laughs> to limit to limit hits in softball. I mean that that's incredible. Uh, for those that don't know, if, if you listen to this podcast, if you're a fangraph person, Paul's not going over stuff on his desk. But you know Ariel, he writes for us. His ATC projections are on our site. 2018 FSWA baseball writer uh, and article finalist, our baseball writer of the year and article finalist of the year. And then um, you also do work at CBS, yes. Yep, I'm on CBS Sportsline also uh, as well. I do some of the uh, auction values uh, in the middle of the season there. And how long have you been playing um, NFBC? Because I remember that's where we actually met there last year. Um, and that's when I kind of like, I was like, oh, you know, Ariel, got to go do some more research on him. Found out what you're doing. Got you right now with us. Uh, so how long have you been playing the uh, the NFBC? NFBC, I think this is my my fourth or fifth year playing there. Uh, my first two years uh, in the league, I did uh, an auction league, and I won both. That was pretty good. Uh, I've had a couple of money finishes sure. since, uh, and uh, yeah, so I'm still rolling with the NFBC. Not going too great this year. I've had a lot of injuries in those leagues, but still in the thick of it. It's, uh, it's still early in my mind. Yeah, exactly. It really, it really is. I mean, um, you know, may, maybe not early, but there's still time to maneuver. And, right. and we've been preaching for the past, you know, several weeks. Justin and I don't give up, keep grinding, uh, mostly to reaffirm ourselves, but also to let the uh, let the folks know that they shouldn't give up. You also do the Beat the Shift podcast um, for TGFBI, which you're a part of as well. And you do that with Ruvane Guy. Excellent show. I've been on it. The only downside is, is it's vaguely associated with Justin Mason. Vaguely, how, have you, vaguely how have you tried to get rid of that association? <laughs> uh, no, uh, uh, Justin is fantastic. Uh, you really, want to bring really... it under the f- you want to bring it under the FanGraphs umbrella and just get away from him. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> I'm just kidding, but it is a great show. Uh, y'all should check out Beat the Shift. I was actually just listening to the Glenn Colden episode last night, so um, everyone should definitely check that out. But enough run-up. Let's dive into the questions. Let's talk a little bit about projections here. Um, I had some suspicions, which you confirmed uh, before we started here. Suspicions makes it sound a lot more nefarious than it is, but I was curious about this, um, about how you use projections in season. Um with regards to the ATC, or do you have a specific set that you use? Because first off, tell us a little bit about the ATC. It's a it's a uh, amalgamation of projections, right? So how do you use projections in season, and what, what goes into ATC projections? All right, so in a nutshell, the ATC, or the average total cost projections, as you mentioned, is uh, it's a compilation, it's an aggregation of many other individual projection systems. Now, if you were to take any one projection system alone, it it could be good, but there's always going to be some parts of it that are better in other projection systems. So uh, just taking the the, uh, projections on fan graphs, steamer might be good for pitcher strikeouts, but they may not be good for predicting walks, whereas Mm -hmm. zips might be better for that. So. 
you know, the theory is pretty simple. You know, you take the good parts of one and good parts of the other. The the practice is actually very complicated. I run a bunch of regressions for every single statistic to know exactly how much to take of each, how to blend it. Um, I do different things for different sets of players. Rookies might get treated differently. Injury players get different treatment. And I blend everything together. And with it as a whole, it comes out as uh, one of the best, most accurate predictions of uh, what can happen next year. Um, now, as far as uh, as far as what I do in season, ATC right now, as available on Fangraphs, is a preseason only. Um, I don't do a full ATC during this season at the moment uh, because not all of the projection systems that I've used over uh, over the years have been available uh, as an in-season, rest-of-season projections. But I'm slowly building up that repertoire to know how to carefully wait and regress them. So probably in the next year or so, I'm going to be able to start doing those in-season ones. Okay. I mean, uh, that makes sense. Uh, Justin, there was the the second question there, but it's kind of already yeah. uh, been answered with regards to whether or not they update in-season. Do you have any questions re- pertaining to projections specifically, and then we'll get into uh, pitching and hitting stuff? No, I, I mean, I think we need to have Ariel on preseason next year just to kind of For sure. run things down with him because – uh, you know, I've definitely cited Ariel and the ATC projections quite a bit over the course of you know our preseason and then early into the season with some of uh, some of his uh, picks uh, that were my favorites, like Josh Bell, really panning out. So yeah, and yeah. you cited that yeah you cited that one on the show that that Ariel tipped you off on being you know hyped on Josh Bell, and of course he's been beyond amazing and so um that that's been huge all right well then let's get into some of our our player specific stuff here we got some pitching questions some hitting ones i'll start with uh zach gallant debuted last night uh, we've been waiting for him to come up a rookie pro- uh, rookie prospect i guess a little bit redundant a prospect for the marlins uh you know got passed over a couple times it's like well when's he gonna get his shot some health has uh, some health issues have struck the marlins rotation so a spot was finally opened and he debuted brilliantly. Five innings, five hits, two walks, six strikeouts, just the one run. They blew the win for him. Uh, they did end up winning the game, but not not before relinquishing the lead. But Gallon looked sharp uh, in 99 pitches. He was killing it in the in the minors. Uh, absolutely just out of his mind. 177 ERA, .71 whip. Uh, 112 strikeouts and just 17 walks in 91 innings. So all that preamble leads up to What's the rest of season outlook, Ariel, for someone like Zach Gallon? Because this was kind of a pop-up year. He was, uh, he's been good with results pretty much throughout his minor league career, but the skills really jumped this year, particularly that strikeout rate with a walk rate improvement. Um, at, at you know doing so at AAA in in a repeat of the level was pretty impressive. So, what do you see out of Zach Gallon uh, rest of season? So, did Zach Gallon come over in the Ozuna trade? Yes. yes. Okay, so uh, guys like him who have these high strikeout rates and are dominating in the minors, I always think make a very good impact in their first four or five games. I think that till the league catches up to them, which they probably don't have a lot of footage or don't have a great sense of what he's going to do, I think that they can really succeed in their first couple of starts. I find that pitchers like this sometimes hit a wall after five, six starts. Uh, so I'd always be cautious to keep riding and riding with a pitcher. I sort of use them for a couple, then wait a bit till we see that it's it's legit and, and it, it'll just continue and, and that he'll go over the wall. Um, but I, I kind of like him for the next couple of games. Uh, he does pitch on the Marlins, so don't count on him for wins. Um, but if you're looking for a short-term strikeout boost, especially if he has – Great matchups coming up. Uh, definitely roll with him if you can somehow pick him up in your league. Justin, with with someone like Gallon uh, being part of the Marlins and and guys on on Crumier team specifically, especially if they have a challenged bullpen, do you ever kind of uh, boost up their potential ERA outlook too? Because you know if they leave runners on, a lesser bullpen is likely to give up those runs more so than than you know say um an Astros pitcher turning it over to that bullpen does that factor into your uh, your your assessment for somebody like Gallon maybe boost the ERA just a little bit because of that Justin uh it factors in a little bit but for me the defense behind him especially infield isn't great necessarily 
And this is a guy mm-hmm. with, who ten, has a tendency for a huge ground ball tilt, even though we didn't necessarily see it in the first game. All throughout the minor leagues, he had 40% or higher ground ball percentages. So, and if you look, you know, that's translated to uh, sometimes having really bad whips or mediocre whips. Uh, so I, I think I'm less worried about necessarily the ERA and more worried about the whip, him being a whip killer. That being said, being on a poor team, while it's not going to help in the wins department, uh, it could help in terms of uh, them giving him a chance to pitch. They had to put him on the 40-man roster exactly uh, to, to bring him up. And so I think he's here to stay unless he's truly atrocious. Uh, which I don't think he will be. I was really impressed uh, watching his start, uh, fa- aside from the fact that that changeup is uh, filthy. Um, the, he, he really didn't have to rely on any one pitch, which I think no. will make it harder for teams to kind of figure him out. They're, they're not going to know what's necessarily coming on. He's not like a super fastball-heavy guy. Uh, he, you know, he, he threw almost all four of his pitches about the same amount of time throughout the game. So uh, it was a very impressive first start. Looking forward to getting kind of some more eyes on him in his next start. But, uh, I, you know, I, I had said prior to that game, I think you and I both got the question on, you know, Joey Lucchesi versus Zach Gallen. And, uh, and, I, and I said that I think Gallen is worth a gamble over Lucchesi, and that was before the start, and I, I, I'm, I'm standing by that. See, yeah, I was torn on that because I like Joey Lucchese quite a bit. Now, I did pick up Gallon and actually threw him right away in a 10-team head-to-head. I just said, you know what, let's go for it. How do you break those two down, uh, Ariel? Who would you pick between Joey Lucchese and Zach Gallon rest of the way? Uh, rest of the way, sort of, I might go with Lucchese. Um Maybe he's got a little bit more uh, staying power. Um, yeah, I'm just afraid of that wall with Gallon, but I, I like Gallon stuff for for the uh, near term. It's sort of uh, you know get what you can from him now and maybe trust Lucchese later if if that makes any sense. No, I I, I understand that. Uh, Justin, you have a question about another Marlins guy, and you mentioned that Zach Gallon has some staying power. Now Pablo Lopez. Uh, we don't really know on on him yet. It's not supposed to be a long-term deal with the shoulder discomfort. Caleb Smith working his way back, supposed to do a rehab soon. So you got those two coming back. Uh, Urania is going to open up a spot long-term for somebody. But I'm wondering where it's going to be with Richards, Alcantara, uh, Gallon, Lopez, Smith, and your next guy that you want to ask a question about. Yeah, I mean, Who's the odd man out? Uh, Jordan Yamamoto has been fantastic. In, Dude. I mean, uh, like I, I knew he was a prospect. He, he was part of what the uh, – I think he was part the of the Yelich other trade? deal, the, the Yelich deal. Yeah, so they're so. they're reaping benefits on back-to-back days of those two trades. Like, ha, see, we're a genius organization. <laughs> well, I don't know if we're, we're quite ready to go. Genius! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> say that, but – uh, he, he's been impressive in his first two starts. It'll be interesting to see, like you said, like how do they do they go to a six-man rotation? I mean, they can obviously take Hernandez out uh, or even Alcantara, who's been very uneven this year, but I think they... Uh, yeah, I totally crushed Eliezer Hernandez. I didn't even give him a chance to stick here with... And more because of the options than anything fully against him because he's actually been good in his couple of... Uh, of turns as well, Eliezer Hernandez. But Yamamoto decimated the Cardinals twice. Yeah. So, Errol, what are you doing with Yamamoto rest of the way? Do you think he has a chance to stick? Uh, and uh, would you be picking him up? Because uh, obviously he's hot right now. Well, hopefully Yamamoto will only be facing the Cardinals the rest of the way. <laughs> yes! I, I petitioned uh... for that. I started a change.org to only let him face the Cardinals. Yeah, he, he hasn't given up a, a run against the uh, both his starts against the Cardinals, so he's looking good there. Um, I, I like Yamamoto's profile. Uh, he's got a, a little bit of a ground ball tilt. He doesn't give up line drives, and, and any fly balls in Miami, to me, is not a concern. Exactly. Yeah, I kind of like his profile. Um, I might even like him more than Gallon for some reason, um, although the strikeout potential is a lot better with Gallon. Yeah, I, I think that's that's where I come out. That's why I leaned more toward Gallon. Um, you know, I, I felt like Yamamoto is definitely somebody who uh, 
impressed in these two outings. I'm I'm more open really to giving him a shot on the 15 teamers if he's going to come a little bit cheaper. Although he was a big pickup in say uh, NFBC leagues last week, he's 80% now on the main event squads, only 23% on the RotoWire online championships, which are 12 teams. Are you guys picking up Yamamoto in 10 and 12 teamers at this point? Ariel, I'll start with you. No, I, I think he's a little bit deeper than than 10 and 12. Justin, what about you? I think you're spotting him. In, uh, so, in 10 and so 12. reserve him and yeah. then just go between reserve and starting? Okay. Yeah, especially if he's got a home stretch. I haven't looked at their schedule coming up, but if he's got a home stretch for the next few starts before the All-Star break, because, I, I mean, you have to think that probably both him and Gallon are, are in this rotation until we hit that break. At least then, until the break. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. they figure something out. You know, this is a team considering their rebuild and, having a bunch of young arms that probably could benefit from a six-man rotation and not having to use those bullets in a lot of seasons. So yeah, uh, I think there is a chance that we see uh, both both these guys stay up uh, once Lopez and, uh, and Caleb Smith are ready. And, of course, when you got two guys on the IL, it's, it's difficult enough to bet on one guy's timetable, but, but two, I mean, throws everything out. So I wouldn't preemptively make any moves uh, getting rid of Gallon or Yamamoto, assuming that uh, Lopez and Smith are going to come back perfectly healthy and on the timetable that is uh, laid out for them. Let's shift over to another team dealing with injuries seemingly all the time, and, and this guy taking his annual DL, uh, IL trip. Um, one of three that he takes seemingly every year. That's Rich Hill. Uh, he, he's He's been felled yet again. He's going to hit the IL for a bit, and um, it does open up a spot now. By the way, that was due to a, a left forearm flexor strain, and he's expected to miss up to 10 weeks of action. So this is actually, I, I kind of downplayed it like, oh, it's his blister, you know, little little something. This is massive for Rich Hill, and he's at 39, and this, this is why I— end for Rich Hill. Yeah. I mean, let, let's and be honest. Listen, I, I jumped out after the uh, the big 17. Like, I still rate him highly. I still respect what he does. But as far as on my teams, I didn't want to be left holding the bag. Uh, you know, the, this, like, kind of. Headache. Yeah, and exactly. The headache. It, I acknowledge that he's good end of season, but I just didn't want it. So Rich Hill was nowhere to be found for me. But I'm more curious now, who's going to replace him? Because uh, Ross Stripling, a, a Mason and Spore favorite, got ousted. And uh, Julio Urias is somebody that folks have been wanting to see get back in, too. He was in for a little while, and he, too, was ousted. So now these two are kind of battling it out. Uh, Justin, we'll start with you on this one. Who do you favor to get that spot? Or I will actually, because it's the Dodgers, I'd let you cop out and say mix and match because, let's be honest, that's probably what they're going to do. But who do you favor now uh, to take that fifth spot with Rich Hill out now for two-plus months? And so, I mean, we're not we're not concerned about him for quite a while at this point. Yeah, I think what you're going to see is both these guys used together. So you're going to see Urias come in for three to four innings, and then Stripling come in for two to three innings. Uh, if if I'm favoring one over the other, I'm going to favor Urias as much as I love Ross Stripling. He just hasn't been pitching very many innings as a reliever. I mean, he got his first, uh, or sorry, his only second outing with uh, more than an inning uh, this month, uh, just recently. So can I, just, can I be a total nerd though? Can, yeah. I, can I please do it? I can just get. I mean, that's very sport centric. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I be myself? Yes. The win he got on Sunday actually won me my head-to-head battle. <laughs> and I picked him up on Friday. So it's a head-to-head starts, uh, head-to-head league with starts uh, limits. And so on Friday, I picked up a couple relievers just hoping to steal some innings, Stripling and Jalen Beeks, because Beeks getting the uh, the middle there, that doesn't count as a start. And my opponent had Ryu. And if he gets the win out of Ryu, I'm done. And this would have been with the second highest score, by the way. So we, we, we lapped the field. So neither of us really deserved a loss here. And I thought I was done because I was like, all I got was the Jansen save. Didn't do enough. And I was like, oh, crap. I forgot I picked up Ross Stripling. So I'm very happy with my boy Ross uh, after last Sunday. But I think you're right there. You mentioned that the two innings that he got yesterday were during which he allowed three unearned runs was only the second time in, in a good while that he pitched two plus. In fact, it's been since April 25th, 
which was his last start. Meanwhile, Urias started that game. He went uh, he went three strong, just one hit, five strikeouts. So I I feel like they're going to be stretching him out. Ariel, how do you see the Urias versus Stripling battle playing out? You see it similarly to uh, to Justin and I, or do you have a different take? I think sort of a little bit of the reverse. Uh, by the way, in terms of metrics, the two are actually pretty similar. Um, they both get great strikeouts. They have uh, low whips. They uh, a very similar profile. I think, though, that uh, Urias throws a bit more stri- uh, fastballs than Stripling. I can see Urias fitting in more as the bullpen solution here uh, with, with the, just his repertoire. I think Stripling is a little bit more suited as a starter. I kind of like him to uh, to continue like that. So I'm going to say that it's the Dodgers, so you're going to see spots by everybody. But I think it's going to be Stripling if I had to choose between one. I agree with you from a straight skills perspective because I do believe that Urias plays better up in, in the bullpen uh, and Stripling plays better up in the rotation. But that just isn't the usage we've seen. And it seems like the, the Dodgers as an organization – favors uh Urias in the rotation and so that's the if it was up to me it would be the other way around I'd be right with you there uh Ariel but uh unfortunately right. I think the Dodgers as an organization for some reason favor uh Urias in in the rotation over Stripling all right Justin so let's do a how about a board bet more starts rest of season Urias or Stripling I'll take Stripling you got Urias sure how about uh uh, if if I thousand dollars no 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 if, if you <laughs> if you win um I will buy one of your ATC shirts and if, <laughs> if I win you need to go buy and sport a Justin Mason T-shirt oh that, okay that that is a great uh, I'll I'll sign up for that one that's good that's good I, li- <laughs> I like that right there an excuse to go get one <laughs> yeah exactly there I, you go I already um, have like thirty five Rotoware shirts it's, it's I mean. Dude, I'm wearing my "Go Get It Out of the Ocean" one right How now. How dare you? Hey, <laughs> hey, rein in your your little crybaby fans too. You guys are turning into the uh, the loser Yankee fans who, the second that their little feelings get hurt, they're like, "Well, we've uh, we've won um, World Series, is so uh, why don't you try to win one of those?" Uh, it's yeah. so it's so pathetic. It's the oh. most pathetic response to the Max Muncy thing ever. It, yeah. it didn't happen oh. in a World Series. It has no relation to it. Like, you sound like such a loser Giants fan when you're like, what about the World Series, though? Because I'm not even a Dodgers fan, so I don't. I think that's the part, too, because I posted the, the picture of it yesterday on Twitter and some <laughs> clown-ass Giants fans out there. Yeah, no, I, I saw the thread you're talking about and pretty much told you I hate you all, um, I which which I felt like was fair. Uh, you know, I, I but I, not new. Yeah, I told my fair wife yesterday because my wife's a diehard Giants fan. feels feels similarly to the the, the guys who were on that thread uh, and gets mad at me when I kind of down talk uh, Bumgarner. And as much as you know, I will be forever grateful for Madison Bumgarner. Of course, um, you know. Uh, you know, but at the same time, let's be honest. Bumgarner's a prick. He's yes. our prick. Like he's my like in the same way that Barry Bonds was. You know, one of was ours. He was our prick, but he's still a prick. Uh, and I'll be forever grateful that, that prick screwed over the rest of the league for a very long time. But he's still a prick. Yeah, I, just, I, I said that a lot more PC than I did when I said it to my wife. I love that. That's the PC version. Too. Yeah, that's the best part. Um. Ariel, where do you come out on on the the old battle there between Muncie and Bumgarner? I, I want nothing to do with that battle. Um, <laughs> I, I was at the uh, wild card game of the Mets versus the Giants, where Bumgarner went all nine innings. And uh, when, when uh, going home from that game, we, we actually had to take a bus to get to our cars. There were so many people, and I don't know. We we hit something on the road, so I yell out, "Hey, Bumgarner's on!" <laughs> we just hit Bumgarner, <laughs> oh and we got so God. many. We got so many cheers, and that like brought a smile to some uh, uh, disturbed Met fans here. Uh, so uh, I want no part of it, but I gotta say the shirt is really cool. So I'll go the with Muncie. Great. I'll go with Muncie yeah. on that one. Come yeah. on, it, it's it's just it's just not that hard. It's to, not to an appreciate. ocean, though. It's not an ocean. It doesn't matter, <laughs> it does matter. dude. That, it does that, matter. 
the only thing possibly worse than Crybaby World Series fan is the guy who's like, well, technically it's a bay and it's not actually. An- oh, shut the hell up, you ruiner <laughs> of fun. Let's move on. Yeah. Ariel, Stephen Brault has a 165 ERA, but a 128 whip in his last 27 innings. Those don't match up. Uh, but obviously we're not expecting a 165 ERA. Can we expect anything positive here from Stephen Brault of the Pittsburgh Pirates, though? I have no interest in Stephen Brault. I'm not convinced that he's actually going to stick in the rotation uh, for for very much longer. Although, uh, if uh, Chris Archer keeps it up, I don't know what they're going to do with them. Just saying. Um, but no, I, I don't have any uh, interest in Stephen Brault. I think that he is he is who he is. He's done this exact same thing for the past couple of years. And especially if he goes back into the bullpen, he has zero fantasy value. I'm just uh, not pass, hard pass. Yeah, I don't even know that it needs a secondary opinion there. So, I mean, Justin, unless you've got some great uh, counter thoughts there on Stephen Brault, we can move on to your next question. Yeah, I uh, typed in Brault into Google, and uh, the top listing is that a company formerly called his emergency group's office is now (laughs) called Brault. Uh, And that's more interesting to me than starting Stephen Brault in my fantasy league. (laughs) Fair enough. Moving on, then. Go ahead with your next one. Uh, it's Michael Pinata season. Uh, it is. Been good over his last, what, seven starts. Uh, and he hasn't allowed a home run in the last four games. So who is going to fall for it this time? Is it you, Ariel? I, I generally stay away from uh, traps like this. Uh, no, um, I, I when he was back in the Yankees and he was uh, reeling, I, I was actually into him. There was one season where I picked him up and and I, I rode him and he was good for a month or two. Uh, but I, I can't get in love with him again. Uh, I think injuries can wear him down. Uh, I, I love the strikeout rate that, you know, will always continue, although it's it's been significantly worse this year. He, he's only at like a seven K per nine right now. Um, the good positive thing is he's on the twins and if he gives you any innings, the twins are going to score a lot of runs for you. So Mm -hmm. I can see him racking up some wins, which could be important in fantasy, uh, for your team. Um, you know, to me, he's a matchup play. If he's, if I'm playing in a 12 team league and I see he's on the wiver and it's against a good matchup, I'll pick him up, but I don't feel the need to allocate a spot and hold him for very long. Yeah. I mean, you know how I feel. Justin, yeah. so <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, right there with you. Like, there, there's just no like uh, everything Ariel said makes sense, especially with the wins piece. I, I could actually see going for Pinata if you are chasing some wins. Um, you know, obviously we talk about how you have to be careful trying to predict wins. It's it's very fraught, but uh, there are a few teams better, if any, right now than the Twins. So you got to feel comfortable that uh, if you're scraping the wire for some wins. He could be somebody who gives you some. Although I will say, uh, despite having a, a four-start stretch of a 318 ERA, 18 strikeouts, three walks in his last 22 and two-thirds, he's zero and zero. Four, four, four no decisions for him there. So, uh, you know, e- even when the setup goes well, you got a great team pitching well, still can't even guarantee yourself some dubs. And so I, I'm just staying away from Pineda. My biggest issue, too, is like the upside of Pineda was always that yeah, he was going to give up some home runs, and at the end of the year numbers maybe weren't going to, you know, always look great. But if you used him correctly and, and just picked his spots well, you could be getting some real yep. high upside outings, and that just isn't the case anymore. He, he's only had one game this season with more than six strikeouts. It's just, it's not who he is. And so, uh, for me, is it's a lot of downside and not a lot of ceiling. I, I agree with that. So that's Michael Michael Pineda. Uh, Ariel, we couldn't we couldn't uh, you know not give you a Mets question here. So ah. I'm going to look at uh, Jason Vargas here and ask you: Is Jason Vargas unawful? Two thirty ERA, one fourteen WHIP in his last nine starts. Though I will say fewer than five innings in four of those nine. So it's like kind of the plus and minus of it. Like, well, maybe they're limiting him, and when they see that he's out of gas, even if it's fewer than five innings. They're just taking him out. But uh, Jason Vargas now has a season ERA of 374 uh, thanks to this big run here. Is there 
there's something worthwhile with Jason Vargas, dare I say, uh, maybe even some mixed league viability if you if it's a deep enough league. I don't know. What do you think? So I'll say a couple things, and I think the answer is yes, he's interesting. Um, I actually own him in Tout Wars. I picked him up preseason, not as a high pick or anything, but you know, just as insurance uh, in the the fifty round draft and hold, which I'm currently in second place, by the way. So uh, doing good in there. Nice. Um, last year, I noticed. Um, in my new pitching metric, uh, MPDI, which is the Maddox Plate Discipline uh, Index metric, which shows pitchers who throws a, a ball, I'm sorry, throws it out of the zone when uh, a player is going to swing and throws it in the zone when a player is not going to swing, Jason Vargas actually came up pretty high in that metric. And nice. I took, a, I had a double take on that. I'm like, really? Uh, so there is something to him. I think that he can throw pitches at different speeds and locations when he wants. He has some sort of sense of control and deceptiveness uh, that this metric actually uncovered. Um, now he was god awful last year, but that gave me a reason to hope this year that he would he would do something. And he's really been doing that. I mean, if you count on him as a four ERA pitcher who's not going to get great amount of strikeouts, but every now and again will give you a win. Yeah, so in a 12-team league, he is probably not rosterable at all. In a 15-team league, I will pick him up for a certain starts. I picked him up for the San Francisco Giants start at home there, and I was rewarded with a nine-inning shutout there. So I think that in he, he <laughs> yeah. does have mixed league viability uh, in the right spots, and he is interesting. And all you can do in fantasy is look at players who are interesting and use them where they're going to be the most productive and they're going to be the most asset on your rosters. Certainly. Justin, you see in the, uh, the 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 Jason Vargas vibe here. Sorry, I'm tying my noose after that comment about nine oh my nine shutout innings versus oh, the, yeah. the Giants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like it's just oh god, that was so like I stacked Giants. That was in great that game. Like, it was, uh, yeah, it, you it thought was, it was your your chance to actually use them and and maybe right? go off. Oh yeah, no one else is gonna use the Giants, but yeah. Uh, He's an interesting guy since, since that kind of blow up early in the season where he only went like a third of an inning. Uh, he's got a 2.39 ERA and seven and a half strikeouts per nine, uh, doing a decent job at uh, at uh, keeping the ball in the yard and, and pitching uh, in, in the Mets stadium. Definitely helps that uh, quite a bit. It, this feels a little fool's goldish to me, uh, and I think he's got the kind of skill set that if he gets if he has a bad outing, it's going to be really, really bad. And so I have a hard time picking up guys like that. Uh, that being said, in in kind of the pitching environment we're in, uh, you have to take gambles on guys like these sometimes. Uh, and just in quality starts leagues, he takes a real dip because he, he goes four innings just as often as he goes more than four innings. Yeah, I think that's. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ariel. Yeah, I'm saying Vargas is not a guy that you need to take a gamble on. He's not somebody that you're going to look to hold last uh, full time. I think that maybe it is a gamble, but it's a short term thing. I think that you just have to pick his spots. Look where there's lineups that have a lot of lefties, where he's going to be in his home park or in good pitchers parks and just stream and, and use where you can. I mean, I, I, I don't see it as a big gamble because it's only one start at a time I'm looking. I'm not looking like full season with him. I think he's it's a like, better gamble in head-to-head leagues where if he gets blown up, okay, that week sucks, sure. but it's not going to hurt you in your overall standings. Uh, whereas in a, in a traditional Roto league, I'd be a little bit more hesitant to be True. streaming him. Yep, True. I think that, that makes sense. And particularly in like that head-to-head, if you use a Jason Vargas start, then you just cut him right out. I don't even think you necessarily... Unless the schedule lines up very nicely for the next one. For the most part, it's like, okay, I'm using him for this one. Goodbye after that. So uh, that makes total sense there. All right, let's move on to some hitters. And, Justin, you want to kick us off here? Yeah, my boy Lorenzo Cain has been pretty ugly over the last 28 days, or last uh, 30 this, days. The season, really. Yeah, it's been pretty brutal. Uh, I've got faith that he'll turn it around, but do you, Ariel? Uh, you know what? Um, I'm actually crossing him off my list this year. Um, I, I, I don't. I think he's striking out more. 
He's walking less. Since last year, he's hitting a lot more ground balls. His steals are way down this year. I mean, I, I counted on him. I have him in one NFBC auction league, and I counted on him for the steals. I thought, okay, you're going to get a 300 average. You're going to get 25, maybe 35 steals if you're lucky. Lorenzo Kane is is the guy to get who's your anchor. I'm so disappointed. And, and in that league, I was so happy when I got him. Uh, it was one of those things that, and I rarely do this, but I froze the room. Uh, usually, I'm a guy in an auction, too. If somebody says $6, I'll go 7 Somebody goes 8 I'll go 9 I'll bid by one. This one, mm-hmm. after, it, after it went to 4 I said $17. It totally froze the room. Bought him at seventeen. I thought that was an amazing buy. I'm yeah. so upset. I am so upset that I that I bought him. Uh, no, I I actually don't. I, I think that his primary thing is steals, and he's not doing that. He's just not getting on base. He, his average is down to two fifty, um, and his BABIP is not ridiculously low. So it's not like he it's not finding the holes. Um, I'm crossing him off my list. Um, I'm probably actually sitting him in that league uh, because that league I have so low on stolen bases that I'm just giving up on steals. So. Bye 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 bye, Kane. Dang, I mean, I <laughs> I don't know. I don't I I don't think I can really push back on on it too much either because that's kind of how I'm feeling about Kane right now. It just it just doesn't look good, and I just don't know. Like, okay, obviously there's some uh, there there's track record hope and things like that. Is there anything beyond track record specifically, Justin, that has you? feeling good about uh, about him possibly getting back on track uh, for Kane. I think he's getting a little unlucky on balls and playing when, when a guy like him with his speed uh, and his ground ball tilt that we've seen over the last two seasons, he's, I think that will bring things up a little bit. He's also making you know virtually the same amount of zone contact that he's always made, and so – I think it's a. I wonder if there's an injury going on. That's my big concern with a guy like Could Kane, be. because he is or has been injury prone mm-hmm. over the course of his career. So I wonder if there's he something... plays all out defense too. Mm-hmm. So that that can add to it. So I wonder if there's something lingering, and maybe after you know some rest, or uh, if we see a, a DL stint come up right before the All Star break, uh, wouldn't be surprising to me. So. Uh, I think he's a guy who's a buy low. He's still only striking out like 17% of the time. That's nothing uh, in this okay. league. Just needs to be a little bit more patient in the plate, draw a few more walks. Uh, uh, because, I mean, he's still got like a 90% zone contact rate. It, it's still a pretty, pretty uh, darn good profile, I think. The price should certainly be cheap, right? That's the mm-hmm. thing. You know, you can you can legitimately go to the, uh, the team manager with Kane and, and say, I'm interested – I'll give you something here, but you, you can't you can't ask me for a full and price know, or I mean, really we know anywhere the near. We the Brewers are going to run too, so it's not like if he you know if he does start getting on base, he's not going to run. It's just a matter that he's got to get start getting on base. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, speaking of somebody who does run but won't be for a little while, Alberto Mondesi hit the IL with a groin issue. Uh, but he was hitting 203, 215, 281 in June. Still had seven stolen bases. So this is one of the things that, you know, I imagine his proponents felt like the 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 scant times that he's going to get on base, even when he is struggling, uh, he's still going to steal. And he's put up 27 stolen bases with a 302 OBP. So I, I think there's there's those sorts of things that were heartening the folks who really believed in him. But we finally did start to see our first extended stretch of poor play from Mondesi. Uh, Justin, I'll start with you on this one. Any any concerns here now that he's hitting the IL with a groin? Um, I know Mondesi was somebody that you were kind of fading a little bit. Come around, or I I, I came around on that because I, I was too. I was like, I don't want to pay third round. If I get him like two rounds cheaper, that would have been perfect. But he was he was like a second third round type. Um, have you are you seeing any concerns here with Mondesi struggling in June and now hitting the IL with a groin? Well, I think I'm more concerned about the groin issue. Uh, he he was struggling, but he's still playing, <laughs> and yeah, uh, he's a fantastic defender, and so I think that's helping him stay in. The Royals have nothing to play for, so they don't really care uh, that he's got a two fifteen OBP. Um, so. Uh, that being said, anytime you see kind of one of these soft tissue kind of lower half injuries, it's a bit concerning. Uh, it'd be more concerning if it was a calf or a hamstring. 
but I, I don't think you can sell on him right now. I think you just ride it out. For uh, sure. And, and let it go. I mean, in spite of the fact that he's got like a 300 on base percentage for the season, uh, he's already got 27 stolen bases. So that's uh, pretty darn impressive. I mean, he's going to turn in a Trey Turner light season. So, you know, I mean, Trey Turner without the average. Uh, and yeah, that's a that's pretty fair. darn good season, uh, especially from someone you got in that third round. Ariel, I'll spin it a little bit differently uh, with you regarding to uh, in regards to Alberto Mondesi. Was he somebody you you and the ATC projections were in on coming into the season? And if so, did you get any shares? Um, I did get one share. Um, he wasn't a guy I was super high on. Um, I, you know, I I had him at about a two fifty type hitter. Had him at um, you know a lot of steals. Or actually, I, I can pull up the ATC projections. Uh, I had him at forty eight steals. So. Uh, you know, I had him right there around the 50 mark. I had him at 20 homers. So, you know, I, I had him really doing what he's doing other than the batting average. I think that the one thing he's really done well the first two months of the year was he was getting on base by the hit. He doesn't walk a lot. We all know that. So the really he's really not been a surprise to projections other than the batting average. Mm-hmm. Um, his price was much higher than than his uh projection evaluated to so i only ended up with one share and i was surprised to get that one as well um but going forward i think you can really expect whatever i projected for the preseason he's a 250 hitter he'll get you a, a full season rate of 2050 which is nothing to sneeze about in today's stolen base environment uber valuable i don't see how you're going to trade him i don't know what kind of uh, position you are especially in a roto league to give up that many steals uh if you are god bless and if you are that means that you did something wrong by taking an extra steals guy um but yeah um i I actually like him down the stretch to uh, i think he's shown enough in the last uh, year and a half to say that this is who he is which is an absolutely fantastic fantasy baseball player yeah he he really has been mondesi's been Excellent, and uh, I think anyone who took him has to feel great about uh, about what they got there. Justin, go ahead. Uh, Trevor Story out for a little while now. Brendan Rodgers has uh, returned to the major leagues in his stead. Is this going to be the uh, breakout for Brendan Rodgers uh, there, Ariel? Uh, I don't think so. I always do not trust Colorado with prospects um I, I know that you guys might have been high on a certain uh speedster from colorado this year never well, heard of I won't, not, I, yeah I, garrett I, hampson but then i oh. learned my lesson i i did not get in on the brendan rogers train and i cited i cited this exact issue that i, I don't like what they do with prospects i got a little bit of pushback yeah. on it and he may s- still break out the rest of this year but for this first run i feel justified in not going for rogers during the uh the fabapalooza there yeah. Yeah, the only thing I'll say, though, is that the Rockies, after the All-Star break, are playing a lot of games in Colorado. So if Rodgers is a a member of the the regular lineup, then that could bode well just for being in Colorado. So far, I don't love what I'm seeing out of him. Uh, He's a guy who might need a longer C at this level to get used to the level. Um, I can see him being fantastic next year. I'm not sure if I like him for the rest of the year. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. I mean, if you just think that uh, the 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 playing time he's going to get the rest of this year is going to kind of help set him up for next year, I do think that makes sense. Justin, wh- where do you come out on on Brendan Rodgers then, as he's going to get, uh, you know, looks like about a month or so uh, of extended playing time here to kind of uh, get going. Well, and see, that's the thing because, like Ariel said. After the All Star break, he the the Rockies have a nice kind of run of uh, of home games. But before the All Star break, uh, they actually have a more away tilt. So six home games, nine away games before the All Star break. So uh, I don't know that that necessarily bodes super well for him. Uh, and if Story's going to be coming up back. In about a month, that puts Story back, what, like two weeks after the All-Star break? I, I don't know that that's going to be enough time for him to assert himself into that lineup. So I'm probably yeah. fading him, unless I'm getting him for free. I think, I mean, you're getting him for free, you know, off the waiver wire or something like that, uh, or don't have to spend much fab on him. 
you know, he's worth the gamble. And anybody in Coors with that kind of uh, pedigree and profile is. But I'm not going to go out and spend, you know, $200 in fab this week to go get him. Yeah, me neither. If if Brendan Rodgers is available to, to to run it back in Fab, I'm I'm still. I wasn't going to spend the big bucks last time. I'm not going to do it this time, either. I totally agree with that. Uh, let's wrap it up with one more question about a young buck. Ariel, what do you expect out of Michael Chavis rest of season? He came out guns blazing, 975 OPS in his first 28 games, down to a 625 in his last 27. So he kind of uh, almost split his season in half. There, you've got the good half and the bad half course we expected some sort of uh come down a little bit of regression there league kind of figures him out is he going to make his adjustment and michael chavis going to have a good second half or is he going to kind of meander along a little bit uh and and be a mediocre player or is he going to be awful where, where do you stand on on michael chavis rest of the season um if, well he was a guy who for me came out of nowhere i don't even think i had a projection for him preseason, um and i was way too slow in picking him up for the year so uh um you know kudos to chavis for for getting there um i i'm very very cautious as you might know with rookies i'm always worried about the rookie wall and i think that he might have hit it now will, mm-hmm. will he get a little bit better for the rest of the season Sure, but I'm afraid he's hit the rookie wall. Um, He is part of the Red Sox and is in a good lineup. He's consistently playing for them, usually batting seventh. So, you know, it's a little bit low in the lineup. You're not going to get a tremendous number of RBIs or or runs. So in terms of fantasy, he's not a guy that I'm trading for. I'm not buying low after this. I think that people have, because of the hot start, they have a very uh, high expectation for him. So I probably won't be trading for him. Uh, For me, I'm going to ignore him just for that fact since I don't – don't roster him already, but I think he's he's going to be viable uh, to to play uh, you know in a deep fifteen team leaguer, uh, maybe as a bench player uh, if you know depending upon injuries in a twelve teamer. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm lukewarm for the rest of the season for him. Justin, what about you? Where where do you stand on Chavis rest away now that we've seen the, uh, the the come down after the brilliant start? If I was a better producer, this would be the time in which I would loop in the, the Dennis Green. Uh, they were who we thought they were. Yeah. Um, <laughs> drop right now. Uh, so you can go look that one up on YouTube because one of my favorite rants of all time. thought they were. It's, we it's so brilliant. Um, we let them off the hook. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is who Chavis is. He's a guy who's got immense power. Uh, and so I fully expect him to hit for power. Uh, he's going to strike out too much. Uh, at least he walks, which helps a little bit. But, I mean, I fully expect him to hit like 240, 250 rest yep. the way with like another 15, 16 home runs. So, like, that is fine for especially where you got him pretty yeah. much at the end of your draft or off of the waiver wires and uh, the fact that he's added eligibility at different positions, like that's a pretty darn good player in fantasy. So, uh, I mean, like, yeah, is is he going to be the hot player we saw when he first came up? No, obviously the league's adjusted him. I'm sure he'll adjust back and then people adjust back. And uh, he's just a guy who doesn't have a great hit tool. So he's going to go through kind of ups and downs and being dialed in and being not dialed in at all. And, uh, the end of the year, I think you'll be happy with uh, the production you got considering the price you paid. Hey, uh, can I ask a question? Of course. W- would you rather have Chavis or Reynado Nunez rest of the season? Ooh, you found one of one of Justin's guys there. Um, go ahead, Justin. You answer that one first. I'm going <laughs> to – this is huh? hard. Um, good. good one, right? It's, it's, it is a, it's a great one. I'm going to go Nunez only because I know the playing time will be there because the Orioles are so bad. And he does have eight, eight of his 16 homers against righties. Now, his slash line to get those eight homers has been pretty brutal compared to what uh, Nunez has done against lefties. We know he's a lefty, a lefty masher for sure, but, uh, you know, he's pacing out pretty nicely here, and I, I do think he can chase down 30 homers. And he has 233 average. We just said Chavis is going to do something similar. Oh, man, that is a tough one. I am going to, I think I'm, well, I'm going to lean Chavis a little bit. I'm a sucker for flexibility, Ooh, positional okay. flexibility. 
So I am going to lean lean him a little bit. I think the one issue is something that Justin brought up, the playing time issue. If Chavis falls on his face and really doesn't turn it around, they'll look to replace him. Yeah, they'll send not him gonna, down. They're not going to ride a dead spot uh, right. in the lineup as, as, as the Red Sox. I do understand that. I'm going to put some confidence in Chavis that he won't be a total dead spot. He'll kind of figure some things out. And, and be good enough to uh, to maintain his playing time. But I I definitely understand that that's a concern. So I'm going to lean Chavis there. Yep, I'll, I'll break the tie. I'll go Renato Nunez. Uh, and for the reasons that Justin described, uh, Chavis is batting seventh in the lineup and is not guaranteed time. Renato mm-hmm. Nunez is the cleanup hitter in a good ballpark. Uh, I don't care what team you're on if you are the cleanup hitter you're going to get those rbis and runs which are so undervalued by a lot of fantasy managers um, particularly runs but yeah run, runs for sure i i think that people don't do a good enough of a dive on, on runs for teams um but yeah uh, i'll go renato nunez for the guarantee of time and for the spot in the lineup i think they're actually pretty interchangeable so mm-hmm. uh that tie goes to renato nunez yeah, yeah I, I, mean, think, nunez... I think uh go ahead justin i uh, was just say Nunez hasn't batted lower than fifth since uh, May 24th. Oh, that's nice. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, I think it'll be eye-opening for some folks to un- realize and recognize how close they are. Um, yep. Because I think, like, right when you brought that question up, there were probably some people like, what? Come on. But go look at the numbers, folks. And, and then some of the uh, pros and cons that we've outlined here, I think uh, it's absolutely close. And you can go either way. That's why I was uh, kind of hemming and hawing right. myself. Um, all right. Well, that's going to wrap us up. Ariel, we can find you on Twitter at uh, at ATCNY. So it's just five letters, very easy, ATCNY. What have you got uh, planned coming up as far as writing and any future guests that you can tease for the uh, for the podcast? Yeah, well, I just came out with uh, some stuff on Fangraphs, uh, looking at some relief pitchers uh, with my WPDI metric. I'm going to have some stuff on CBS either this week or early next week on hitters to look at for their plate discipline. Um, yeah, and uh, we'll do some mid-year reviews and uh, some more uh, auction value comparisons uh, mid-season coming up. That sounds great. Uh, well, I appreciate you being on with us, and uh, everyone go check them out, ATCNY on Twitter and the Beat the Shift podcast. Uh, Justin, great talking with you this week, and we'll be back on Monday of next week, Tuesday? Do we do uh, Monday, because I'm leaving for vacation. Oh, that's right. Pretty that's much right. after. we got to get the Monday in, record. and then you're gone. Yeah. Okay. And All right. I'll, I'll well, be somewhere guys. with no internet connection. Well, you're, you're limited. You're disconnecting. Internet. You're breaking away. Yeah, middle of nowhere. So. Well, that's good. That's yeah. good. It's good to get away sometimes. So and and, and truly disconnect. So uh, we'll talk next week. Ariel, thanks for joining us, and you guys have a great weekend. Take it easy.